Most of the food is bland, gray porridge and lukewarm water. Only the fish is good. Cod taken straight from the sea. It bites of salt and ocean, just like the air. Kalorn marvels at the fish, idly wondering what kind of nets the guard uses. We're in a net, you idiot, I want to shout. But the mess is no place for such words. There are Lakelanders in here as well, stoic in their dark blue. While the red-uniformed guardsmen eat with the rest of the refugees, the Lakelanders never sit, constantly on the prowl. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Season 2, Episode 4, Glass Sword, Chapter 6. So, Mare is safe now. Air quotes, safe now. And already thinking about how boring it is. <laughs> well, that and like, also, can you just relax and enjoy something for a minute? Well, that no. and she also sees all these things because she knows that there's more going on here, and it's not necessarily she doesn't necessarily feel comfortable here. Right, either. it's not in her nature to be still yet. Correct. Well, I mean, you've got the Lake Landers who she doesn't know anything about. Right. They apparently run stuff. Then you've got your Scarlet Guard here. Then you've got all your refugees. So it's kind of like a melting pot. No, that's my point. Kind of like that jello from when we were kids that you would pour in and then it would separate into three different kinds of jello? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So, she she feels like she's not, she went from being caged to being kind of in a different category of jello. Like a bigger cage. Yeah. With her family in it. Yeah. It's very, like, what, what is she one, complaining about? <laughs> one small, the lion in the little bitty cage at Carol Baskin's place versus oh, yeah. the lion in the great big place that grows out, in the big cage that grows out of the place. Right. And other people try to eat it there. So. She also points out that she's noticing all these things and Kalorn is either completely oblivious or he knows and just doesn't care. So. Unfortunately, I think I might have to go with that one. <laughs> I don't really trust Kalorn a whole lot at this point. I, I mean, I mean, I don't really trust anybody a whole lot at this point. So no, least of all Mayor. I think <laughs> to, make a, to make a smart decision at this point. For real, I think the thing that's too unpredictable. The thing with Kalorn is like he's just she hasn't been around him for so long, but he's been with the guard. So, like, what does he know that he's Right. Is is there anything that he knows that he's just not saying for one reason or another? Yeah. And she's like, this is not the Kalorn that was my fishing buddy in the stilts or whatever. And it's like, well, you're not the same mare that he used to go traipsing through the square with either. You know, like, you all have both been through some stuff. So neither one of you is the same person. He's got reasons for doing what he's doing, just like she has reasons for doing what she's doing. So she's like, I'm bad that everybody stopped being open with me while not being open with everybody. (laughs) Kind of works both ways, Mara. Yeah. Right. Sorry, honey. Right. She does talk about how, like, her family and Kalorn are all kind of staring at her while trying to not look like they're staring at her. Yeah. Because, I mean, she probably looks like crap, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't think it's necessarily skinny. in that way either. But, I mean, it's also there. I don't, I mean, it's going to be weird. Because the last time you saw her, she wasn't able to strike lightning down. 
and show people with it. Well, she was. The last time they saw her was when she freaked out in their well, house. Well, that was right. even and, more and awkward. They, and they yeah. were awkward then, too. That's right. my point. So it's like, and they oh, saw my her God, for like an hour or a few minutes. Get right. now? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what she was worried about. Like, right. And then their, their dead son pops Ew. up in front of their house. You hear this story, Literally. too. Literally. Pops up, like, out of nowhere. Mr. Barrow has a great time telling this He story does. He there. loves when Mayor asks, yeah. <laughs> he just pops up. He's so happy. And then he gets in a couple shots with her mom, too. <laughs> About how you know, he basically wouldn't let Shade breathe for like 10 minutes. Right. Smothering him. And then finally Shade was like, okay, you guys got to pack up what you can because we're getting out of here. Like instantaneously. Yeah. yeah. We need to get out before uh, we all die. Yes. So in order to get past all of the guards and stuff that are there, and then Mayor has to immediately remind herself, because of the measures that I read, it's like, she's, she can't let her Girl. family have a moment. Well, yeah, she's like, how not did, all about you, Mayor. How did you it's get out with the measures? You, how did you get past curfew? Yeah. It's on me. Like, no red Shade, has ever honey. been smart enough to get past curfew. Right. Anyway, Didn't correct. you hear that once? Yeah. Uh, she used to do it all the time. <laughs> right. And apparently Shade did too. Shade always had some chick out there or whatever that he'd be sneaking around to meet. To meet. So I mean, there wasn't yeah. like the measures in place. No, but, but I still. mean, yeah, it's still like if, like, Mayor, if a red you was were caught a thief, out, sweetie. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, you're still going to get shaken down. Right, and they just said Shade popped in and Shade was there. And she's like, how'd you get past curfew? You know what Shade does <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. He did it with you. Right. Yeah. Pretty sure that you know how he can transport multiple people at the same time. So, yeah, he pops, he jumps them to the forest, and then they make way for the, because the ships still run cargo at night. So, they, they what do they hide in? An apple, a crate of apples on a ship. Yeah. Once they get jumped by shade to the forest. Rotten apples, Mrs. Barrow yeah. wants to make sure everybody knows. Right. Again, of- sounding a lot like somebody I know. Just gotta put that last little jab in there. Yeah. I just imagine like, like almost half of the rest is like. Yeah. Rotten. Well, yeah. She said rotten like, apples, I and I don't want to seem like I'm complaining, but I'm complaining. Right. <laughs> but the banter does remind her of the old days when they're all just sitting around and being bears. Right. You know, giggling. And, yeah. Yeah. And and she says, for a minute, I feel like I'm home again, and I'm just mayor. And I was like, aw. Yeah, she, her mom, her mom just just bat, babbles and babbles, yeah, on and on, and Giza is teasing Kalorn. And basically, I did. Did they speak of this in the first book that Giza had a crush on Kalorn, but apparently she has a crush on Kalorn. Oh, I, I think it would have been. I it may have been in there remember somewhere. Remember that? I, I didn't read these words to Lauren this most recent time, and that seems like something I wouldn't like. I would, but I I remember it is said, but I may just remember it from this, but I think there was a bit, like, if you will, in my mind, in the first book, I was like... Because it says in here, she's... You wouldn't have a crush. I, it may have been when... Um, sorry. I'm, well, I'm, I'm trying to explain this. Okay. It may have been when Mare was making the plan to get the money from Somerton for Kalorn. Uh, it may have been. And it was like, she wants to do it because she, she has she, Yeah, got googly eyes for Kalorn. Right. Uh, that may have been where it comes from. Because it says here she's giving Kalorin news from the stills, and he's all 
intently listening, and she's biting her lip because she's all excited that he's showing her attention. Yeah. These are all the things that Mare notices is just like home. Well, she also talks about the, that her dad looking at her, and she kind of sees the man he was. And I think going through what she's gone through, she sees it in him now. She didn't understand when he came home. She kind of understood that with what he went through, why he had, you know, why he was the way he was. Yeah. But she doesn't fully comprehend it until she goes through the things she goes through, and now she looks at him completely different. She talks about seeing who he really is, even though he looks all hunkered down. She right. knows what, almost 20 years. 20 years, yeah, so we get our He's answer of... Three months shy of... <laughs> yeah, we said Three that months last shy of like... fulfilling his 20-year conscription is when yeah. he got, he lost his leg and the lung, I guess whatever lung, his lung. Yeah. yeah, and got sent home. That's crazy. 20 years. And you got to think, but, think about the ages of the kids. Yeah, so he's got to have time that he can come home. He comes home, impregnates his wife, and, and then, then goes then back to the war. Because you know he doesn't get more than like a week. Yeah. Which is weird, because I think the the leaves are like every five years until 20 years, and that's like your full discharge. But the Sparrow kids are two years apart. Yeah. Max. I don't know, maybe it was different back then. Miss Barrow, you guys will explain it to her. Maybe you got leave more often back then. That's true. It could it could have changed. Yeah. Or maybe he got conjugals. Anyway. It's still a family-friendly podcast, right? Yes. But may, here's here's where I had said I had my what moment, because oh. Mare sits down to eat. And she says that the last meal that she had, she was sitting next to Maven. So the last time she ate was at that dinner. Yeah. In fairness, Which is like, people have been trying to get her to eat since she got back, <laughs> since true. she got on that submarine. Mary, you're a little yeah. hangry. Like 48 to 72 hours or something like that without right. food. Like, I had a what? Okay. Not the Nancy Wheeler <laughs> diet. <laughs> Somebody, please, if you're watching Stranger Things season four right now in the summer of 2022, give Nancy Wheeler a sandwich. <laughs> or cracker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's so thin. Anyway, we're watching Stranger Things season four currently. I mean, not like right at this moment. <laughs> so at this point, food reminds Mayor of Maven. Yeah. Somehow. I don't. Since the last time she ate. Well, Since the last time I, she ate, yeah. like, she was just like, oh, my family. Dinner at home, but also food reminds me of Maven. Yeah, I guess they just—that was so who she ate forever, with for like two months or whatever. Right. You know, Maven was always there doing everything, even the mundane things. Oh yeah. I think that was more what it was was to me. Was even in the mundane things, He's she still, still can't forget Maven because he wormed his way into everything that she did. Her entire life was Maven. So everything she does is in some way is going to remind her of Maven. And it really makes me mad that, like, he has that power over her. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But Mare's such a, you know, great, strong character. It's like, oh, it really hurts your heart that she can't get that of him out of her head, you know? It's going to be hard at that age, the, the way he suckered her in. Gonna be hard. Yeah, he did point out, or she did point out that um, 
when you're eating in a big dining room like that, you know, with all the silvers, that you're surrounded by people that still feel right. all alone. Right. You know, you can let Ed Sheeran's song here, you uh, Instagram that, and people just kind of come up there. And that's just the life of beautiful people. So I guess that's that's silver people. Is you're surrounded by people, but you're all alone. You're still basically all alone. Nobody really gives a crap about you. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah I know. We do anything we can to bring each other together. Right. Um, this mic is kind of weird. Is that first Ed Sheeran record? I think it is. I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah, like 20 years or something like that. Who cares yeah, about Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. Can it be our last? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, but this stuff in there earlier. Yes, if, I, I don't if know. If I mentioned wrestling code. on the podcast as much as you mentioned Taylor Swift, there would be problems with this podcast. Yeah. We do mention we do mention probably Hunger Games or Game of Thrones more than we mention Taylor Swift, though. Well, Hunger Games is probably one we're going to do eventually. Yes, I think yeah, it's going to be the next series after, after this one. Next after this one. I we'll have to rewrap with the wretched movies and other things we did. Stupid. Hopefully by then we'll have our Patreon so we can do the movies on our Patreon first. You're thinking you're doing big. You need to look bigger. <laughs> but she goes on a mini pity party here. I oh, thought Maven had chosen me and my revolution. I thought he was my savior, a blessing. He was gonna help me. It's like, oh do we have to go through this again? <laughs> How many times have we heard this already? Mayor, oh, we, his we, eyes were so blue. We know what you thought. We've been in your head for like 600 pages now. <laughs> for real. Honey, look, you can't go the next two and a half books like this. Yeah. She's going to get will. real old real fast. She will. Yeah, she totally will. So she wants to go see Shade. She's had enough of trying to stuff this lukewarm fish into her face. But she, she doesn't to want her family to go. Right. Corn's like, hey, Barrows, let's go to a trip to the infirmary. And she kicks him under the table and gives him a death stare. And he's like, or not later. But luckily, Mr. Barrow picks up on the vibe On the vibe that Mare might need some alone time with Shade. Like, he, Mr. Barrow knows something's up. He knows what's up. He knows something's going on. Yeah. Like, why does my son materialize out of nowhere? Why does my daughter too. have electricity coming out of her hands? Like, you know, and I'm sure Mrs. Barrow knows, and she's just like not. She's focusing on the well-being of her kids and not that bigger picture part of it. Like, let other people do that. I'm just going to focus on the well-being of my kids, which is understandable. She's you know? such a mama bear. She's a mama bear, and it's just she she knows that she doesn't know that she doesn't know, and she's kind of okay with that. You know what right. I mean? Like. That's yeah. not her job. Her job is to make sure everybody stays alive and healthy and change Mr. Barrow's wheelchair battery, apparently. Or, or, may, or maybe... Or is they it, don't is mention it for, that, but I'm sure. I think they said it was... Oh, it's or is his it breath the, machine. Yeah, is it for the thing in his chest? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's his breath machine. Oh, right. Heart reactor heart or whatever it is that he's got. Because, <laughs> you know, in this... In this future, they all have arc reactors. It's just not mentioned. Uh, it's not like a Mr. Fusion. <laughs> Mr. Fusion. Cooking oil from a Burger King yeah. fry. So, they head down to Lauren and uh, Mayor to the infirmary, correct? Mm-hmm. Mayor's playing up with him. Right. To try to make it look like she's weak. Yeah. Feeble or 
I don't think she wanted to go everywhere with everybody slamming their back to the wall and right. saluting her. I think she's over that. She's like, she's already all. over it. Yeah, nobody's going to be staring at me. Smart choice. I mean, I think Shade she's going to be staring too. just for a different right. reason. Right. But Shade she's not going to be like fear anymore, necessarily. Well, the, right. Which I think is exactly what she wants. Right, right, right. She walks into the infirmary in just stark contrast between the boat Oh yeah, and this because these people are the ones that made it and are now you know I mean yeah. everything's clean. There's not blood everywhere, and but she sees Shade over there and he's talking to someone that the person she's talking he's talking to is in a bed that's got a curtain around that she can't see at first, but Shade notices her limp as she walks up as she limps up I should say correct. Mm-hmm. He kind of gives her like a little knowing. I like it. knowing. Yeah, I see that. I got you. He clocks her. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what's up. And and he quickly finishes a whispered conversation to the person next to him. Like, they whisper some stuff real fast. And then he looks up and they're like, oh, hi. It's like, so sus, Shade. So sus. Mm, Nope. No. I see you. Stop. No? You too old for that? So she starts to talk to Shade. Oh, we forgot about uh, the the wire, the electricity wire. Oh, yeah. When they're walking right. through the hallway, she's walking with Kalorn, and the lights are flickering and stuff, oh, right. and she can feel that, like, all the wires are frayed. She's a little but bit there's, foreshadowing there. Yeah, there's one wire Heading that down has currents the, constantly right, going Right, when they through come it. through the T, and they have yeah. to go one way or the other, it's going one direction, and they go the other direction. And they go so the there's other. There's a lot of electricity going... Some place that, that she wants to find out what's, what's down that on, way. Right. She asks Florence, she's like, what's down that way? And he's like, I don't know. He does She can tell that he's telling the truth. But he yeah. just, because he could be God, he doesn't care. So that really <laughs> makes her want to know more. Like, she's like, I've got to go down there right now. Mayor, don't Kalorn, go down there right now. Right. I'm not like, going to go down there right yeah. now. Kalorn knows that's so above his pay grade. He's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just live here. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Right. I'm afraid I'm probably going to use this anyway. I just work I here. Yeah, I used it every day at the mines. I don't want to fix your problems. I just work here. So they start having a conversation. And what is um, what is Mayor asking Shade here? Because there was a whole reason she didn't want her family to go because she wanted to have some conversations with Shade about what's going on. She wants to know where Cal's at. Right. Where's Barracks 1? Yeah. Because no one, cause it doesn't seem to exist. Yeah. Any number. Does Shade know one. where Barracks One is? I mean, that's her best option to find out, or at least find somebody who might know. So, but before she can yeah, do that, before she has a chance to ask, to ask him, she hears a voice from behind the curtain. Uh, what does this voice say? Mom. Nuggets. Do you have it on there? Oh, yeah, you have it. Um, Just have to show. <laughs> How do you like chocolate? Uh-oh. Uh, and it's Farley. It's Farley. Ah, I love that before it even has what she says, it says, I grit my teeth at the sound of her holding myself to keep calm. Like, I can already tell this is going to be mm-hmm. a thing. Right. And this is, well, we'll let this play out. We'll let this conversation, this whole scene play out. So we've got Shade. Mayor and Farley here. Mm-hmm. Kalorn's still hanging around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Kalorn. So, 
does she ask Farley where Cal is at this point? No. Farley's Farley's like, so how do you like Tuck, Lightning Girl? And she's like, I'm still trying to figure that out. He's then, dodging the question yeah, a little bit. She's like, what do you think of the colonel? Oh. Right. And there's not really any hiding from that question. She's not, she can't duck that question, nor does she want to. I think right. she's ready to fire off with what she thinks about the colonel. What does she think about the colonel? Well, she doesn't answer, cause, and then Farley says anything before she can. She can. Farley tells her that the colonel makes quite a first impression. And he needs to prove he's in control with every breath, especially next to people like Mayor and Cal. Because so, of their ability. He has to be, it's not any different really than a silver, he has to show that he's strong. Exactly. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a man who's insecure about himself. Exactly. <laughs> Makes you wonder if he should. <laughs> not the way we picture it. <laughs> Colonel Chad, he's my super dog. Jack, though. Right. Saw another movie with him the other day. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait a few more episodes we'll before leave you drop that one. We'll you wondering who we're talking about. Yeah. So. All she wants to know from anybody is where Cal is. So, she rounds the bed to ask Farley where Cal is. Where's my small Cal? Yeah. She forgets to limp. <laughs> right. Because Merrick is terrible at think that after all this practice of keeping up these appearances, she'd be better at it. Well, I mean, she wasn't great at it then, either. I guess practice doesn't always make perfect. No. No. So. Does Farley have, does Farley tell her? Because Farley, I mean, surely Farley knows where Cal is. Or do we even get that far? They are again cut off. Oh, it gets silent. Yeah. And they hear marching boots. She can't see who's coming in, but they hear like several, like a few sets of boots marching in step, but she can't see because of the curtain who's coming in at yeah. first. And the when the door opens to the infirmary, like whoever's at the door salutes and everyone the person that comes in and everybody gets quiet. So, right. yeah, it must people be a saluting. real big deal. Right. So, their conversation, after her conversation with Shane was interrupted by Farley, her conversation with Farley is interrupted by the Colonel. The Colonel. Oh, Mayor calls up a little lightning. Just like in case. just to oh, the fingertips, oh, like, right. uh, I packed your angry eyes. Eyes. Just in case. Just a little off head. Yeah, just a little bit. So, the Colonel comes around the, the curtain, and his eyes fix not on Mare, but on Farley. He's here for one person and one person only. That's Farley. Captain Farley. Yeah. And he's not happy. No. Particularly. He's really not happy. To be honest. He thinks Farley's hiding in the infirmary. He's and she's trying not to be found. And she's like, but I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Well, she's like, basically, I did everything you asked of me. You gave me a hundred people to try to take Norda. Yeah, and you you thought I was going to be able to do it like that? You right. Were, you right. were 
You gave me a hundred soldiers to overthrow an entire country. Right, fairness. How did you think that was going to go? She brings some, you know, she brings the truth to him, but he doesn't bat an eye. And. Well, he's like, yeah, I expected you to return with more than 23 of them. You're true. It's it was 26. Either oh, way. 26, yeah, sorry. Either way, it's a, it's a small percentage compared to what they started with. Yeah. And then, you know, she said, Mayor kind of tries to come to her defense, though. It's like, well, but that was my fault. Um, you trusted, I, I talked Hold to the trusting mayor. Oh, wait, yeah. You can, I, can I go back and read part. this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty snidey. It is. I it's I like it. Do it. I expected you to return with more than twenty six of them. I expected you to be smarter than a seventeen year old princess. I expected you to protect your soldiers, not throw them to a den of silver wolves. I expected much and more from you, Diana. Much and more than what you gave. Real name. The first name comes Ooh. out. Ooh. And Not that's, just Farley. Diana. That's the part that seems to cut Farley the most. Yeah. Instead of calling her Diana. Shattering her soul, Mayor says. She knows that Aww. as well. Right. And also the curious look that our rat Diana must have <laughs> on her face with us screaming her name. <laughs> Diana. She's like, what? what? I want a goldfish. <laughs> Yeah, so now here is when Mare is like, wait, 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 it wasn't her idea, it was me. I'm the one that convinced her to do it. To trust Maven and the, that this thing that with Cal would work, yeah. I mean, she did try to convince her, but ultimately it's still Farley's decision. Right. Which is what he points out. I mean, because Maven was also there making her think that that was going to work, too. So. Right. She had it on fairly good intel. This right. isn't really 100% on Farley, but I see where the it's, colonel's coming from. It's not from. 100% sure. on Mare either. No, but I mean, it's something It's more that, on Mare than Farley, though. It's something that happened, but I mean, yes, they've lost a lot of people, but look at what they've done, what they had done overall as far as to damage Silver's credibility. Oh, yeah. Up until that point, they've done a great job. Oh, yeah. So when Mayor tries to stand up to the colonel and say, you know, I, I'm the one that convinced her, blah, 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 blah. The colonel's like, uh, not everything revolves around <laughs> you, Mayor. And Which, the world does not rise and fall at your command. This is news to Mayor. 100%. <laughs> but it's something we've been trying to say for like three episodes now. <laughs> yeah, I have in my notes, this is required conversation for every 17-year-old girl. I feel like the world, world does, does not revolve, revolve around, around you. you. All I can think of is when, Mia. when, when he <laughs> says this. <laughs> I do not think that way. No, you don't. All I can think of when he says this to Mia is Cher from Clueless. Mare. Yes, Mia. Our, you mean Farley? Or no, Mare. Mayor, yeah. You said, you said Mia. No, sorry, you said Mia. No, got me <laughs> Never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not happy. The world does too revolve around me. Yeah. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> so the colonel devastates Mayor in two sentences or less and then moves on to Farley. He has a way of doing that. He really does. He, he can, can devastate people in like. 
Yeah. I'm sure he was probably a drill sergeant at one point in time. I get real good at that. It's actually quite, it's actually quite magnificent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Break him down to build him up. And he's like, these mistakes are all Farley's responsibility. This is all on Farley. She was the one that ultimately made the choice. And what does he do, Greg? He strips her of her command. Yep. Yeah. And she doesn't even challenge him. Yeah. She says nothing. And he yeah. says, that's I mean, your knows, best choice in weeks. Right, and weeks. she knows she can't win. But also that burn. Ouch. Oh. Do you think, and I do, because he knows who's going and what's coming and going. She pointed out that the Lakelanders are always watching everything that's going on. They're very busy and very alert. I guarantee you, he was told immediately when she went into that infirmary, Mayor did, she was there, and he intentionally went in there at that time to do right. this to Farley in front of Mayor. Right. Like hundred percent. Yep. This is the, this is the kind. Exactly this is the, yeah, doing. this is the kind of thing we're dealing with. So as he's uh, as he's huffing out after stripping Farley of her command, she says, uh, "You know, what about my mission?" And he's like. What mission? You know, it's like his ears kind of perk up. Like, I have no information on any new orders that you have or anything else you've been commanded to carry out. You know, what are you talking about? And she throws the ball in Mayor's court pretty much to explain it. Right. Because she knows Mayor can explain it better than she can. And that the Colonel probably wouldn't listen to Harley if it came from her anyway. Like, is he going to listen like more if it comes right. from Mayor? He's got, you got a 1% chance of him listening to Mayor. You got a 0% chance of listening to Farley. So, Especially this yeah, point. That's, that's your margin of error right there. So, uh, Mayor gives him the whole thing. You know, Reds with abilities just like her and Shade. They could be trained to fight Silvers out in the open and, and actually win the war. It's not something they'd have to do in secret. You know, the battles could be held out in front of people these huge spectacles wouldn't everybody love to see a red with abilities battle a silver basically right. you know if you're looking to make a big splash here's a way right. and to al- do it and also we, if we find the people on this list we have a chance to actually outmatch them on the battlefield yeah and also to boot, Maven knows about them, so if we don't get to them, he's gonna, he will, Maven's he going to get to them. And he'll either kill them, or he'll turn them into weapons himself. And then there'll be silvers and the reds with abilities. They'll have right. everything with abilities on their side. Right. You're going to want that. Right. And the colonel kind of, you can see that the wheels start turning a little bit. He's like, yeah. okay, okay, where did these names come, come from? from? Like, all right, there's a couple hundred like you. That's cool. How do you know about this? How'd you come into this information? And she's, she says from... Julian Jacobs. Jacobs. He says, another silver? Yeah. Not happy about that. Yeah. She's like, but he was a sympathizer to the cause. He saved Farley and Walsh and... When they he were When they were, yeah, when they and were in prison. he's probably dead for it. And he's probably dead for it, of course. She has to end in that. But that her saying that does give the opportunity to, for the colonel to go, oh, no, he's still alive. Oh, he's, he's still alive. 
This this part does a couple of things for me. Not only does it obviously shake Mare's whole belief that everyone that she doesn't see is dead because she has no object permanent, <laughs> but she now she's like, wait, Julian's alive. But also, and it may not have dawned completely on her. Oh, this Colonel knows more than we think. He knows probably a lot if he knows exactly that Julian's alive. Right. Then he must know what's going on with him and where he is. Right. Exactly. Which means he really knows some stuff. Yeah. I think she's starting to see just how much. Hey, guys, how, I may have underestimated the guard. Right, how big the guard is and how much they actually know. Yeah. And then, so he he's like, isn't it strange that Maven would tell you that Julian is dead? while letting him live like he's this huge traitor yet he's still alive why right. would that be so he's angling to saying that julian must be playing mayor because they want to use that list to drive to bring them out of the river yeah so I, leave them on a, a wild goose chase and then straight into tracks here mayor is like no one can betray anyone but except julian to believe that about julian mayor right <laughs> Girl, he literally told you, don't, don't trust, trust anyone, me. including me. However, what's wrong with right. you? However, there's one thing she does know that the colonel does not. She knows that Maven is 100% capable of lying to her and then using someone to stab her in the back like that. Sure. Yeah. But she also knows Maven, A, hates Julian with a passion. Right. And the feeling is mutual. And the feeling, the feeling is, mutual. is definitely mutual. And two... The thing that Maven would do more than to lie to use him as a traitor would be to tell her he's dead right? because she knows how much he cared about Dash him her and it would right. destroy her. Mm -hmm. That's Maven in a nutshell. Right. I'm Maven in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm Maven in a motherfucking nutshell. But so Mare is like going through her, you know, ways I could trust somebody and actually believe what they say. And she's basing hers with Julian on the history that he has, just in general, not with her. He's going to be on anybody's side that's going to oppose Alara, she feels like. Like, she has more reason to trust Julian, because ultimately, Julian's worst enemy is Alara. Right. And Maven, so, yeah, 100%. If he's got a way that he can try to get a leg up on her. Now, with that being said, he knows that she would have told Maven, or that there would be a chance that she would tell Maven. And then Alara would know anyway. Right. So he took the gamble of telling her, knowing Alara would probably find out, and then being like, okay, it's her information to do what she can do with it. Yeah. You know, and go from there. So I see where she's coming from in this point, because she's using not his words and his actions with her, but the history on who he is and who his allegiance to lie with. Right. Based I'm not, on that. So there is reasoning behind her. I'm not saying that it's like she doesn't have reason. And this time it is definitely, like, I agree. But it's like, she starts it by saying, yeah, anyone can betray anyone except Julian and then gets her reasoning, apparently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, okay, so even if the list is true, then what? We have to beat Maven's Hunters. He's going to send the best people he can right. out. They have to beat the hunters, and then they find all these people, and then what happens? They open the Barrow School for Freaks and train them all up. Not unlike 
professor Xavier's okay. school for exceptional But you can hear the colonel's disdain for anyone different. Yes. It's a bit, like the, you know, these we have abilities, and it's, it comes from a place of fear. Yeah. That's why he has to puff up his chest and show his strength. And also to why he freaks would and downplay them. Yeah. And, and why he would pay so little regard to Mare. Like, you know, most people are probably thinking in the back of their mind, she's a pretty good person to have on our side. You know, gun to their head. Most people, regardless of how they feel about her. Right, her and Shade both. Yeah, but the colonel is just, like, not having it, and there's got to be a reason why. Right. There's got to be a reason why. Okay, so he's he's poo-pooing the ideas that we're getting right here. Yeah, well, and he's poo-pooing not only the idea of going after the New Bloods, but she's also like, and I need Cal to do this (laughs) with me. Like that's, that's her. That's her plan to save Cal's life. Like I have to go find all these people so we can make this awesome army, and I need Cal to go with me. I need my school Cal with me. Right now, it makes he's like, not down with this animal. for she two reasons. Right, he's skeptical of the names. Like, do these people really even exist? And he doesn't want to give Cal any kind of assignment, any kind of glory, any kind he, of freedom, any kind of freedom. He is not on the school Cal train at all. He wants Cal dead. It's very clear. And, but somebody above him does not want Cal dead. So right. he I, is currently in a holding pattern with Cal and not happy about right. it. Right. And you can, from the point of view of someone who's leading a large portion of a Scarlet Guard, you can understand the way he feels considering what happened the last time they tried to trust the Silver. Right. So he's like, you know, this is you're not going to go look for these people, and you're never going to mention this to anybody ever again. So all the air gets sucked out of the room after that, because it's like, oh gosh. But Mare's like, okay, he's right about some things. Maven will send his best hunters, and he'll keep it secret. He won't want anybody to know what he's doing because he wants these people, if he can't take them to be on his side, he wants to be able to kill them and get rid of them without anybody knowing. So that will slow him down quite a bit, right. having to do it in secret. Because right. he'll I mean, have to infiltrate not, red It's not going to slow him down that. It's not going to slow him down that much, but it will, he'll have to be more stealthy about it, and he's not used to being stealthy about anything. I mean, right. we saw what he did with the red army. So... Right. She knows that sneaky is not his strong suit, and so that's going to be part of an issue, right. you know. Right. Um, I want to go back just a, just a smidge to the Farley Colonel conversation. Yeah. The first time I read through this, I mean, having read past this part, I have read past this part of this book mm-hmm. a little, but so I kind of know some things as you guys do. But just the conversation between the Colonel and Farley when he went through the what her issues were and she started to defend herself and he just kind of stood there with kind of a smirk on his face and then took her command away. It felt like to me the first time I went through this, but I'm, I'm glad it is the way it is because it makes sense that like if anyone had questioned the colonel, any any other captain or somebody like that had questioned the colonel right there and then started to argue with him, 
he would have immediately shut them down and probably disciplined them in a different manner. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's something odd about the way he treated right. Charlie here to me, it, but it, it, it makes sense later, crazy. and I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was written this way. Yeah. Because then it would have looked weird the other way around. But I really right, kind of right. liked the way it was written. He's speaking to her in a very calling her Diana, way and then he yeah, speak to anybody else under his command. Correct. It's kind of kind of, yeah. but it makes sense. And she picks up right. on that. She's like, oh, right. Something's kind of weird here. So, but I, I it was it was a good bit of good bit of writing for what happened. I think yeah, it, it almost some of it sounded like like when a like small child's having a temper tantrum and they have to get scolded. Sort of, it does did yeah a little bit to be honest. Yeah, Mia, we're in public. <laughs> yeah. I need you to use your inside voice and I need you to stop yelling at me. Let me be a boss lady. Mom, I always am that boss lady. That is true. Which never had to ask you to be your boss lady. So, Julian's alive, at least. Now, does she believe that Maven was lying, which he could 100%, or could the colonel be lying about Julian being alive, too? That's true. Right. Everybody's got know. a motive to lie to her. Although, I do think that it's probably more, like, I think it's probably more plausible in her mind that it was Maven who was lying. I agree. Right. Yeah. always lying. And at this point in time, really, like, what... What is the utility in his life? There's none. He cares so little about her. Why would he even right. bother to come up with a story? You know right. what I mean? I mean, maybe to hurt her and be like, Julian's alive. You know, just to kind of torture her. I don't her, see what that would be He's the not around to watch it play right. out. It right. doesn't, seem like he doesn't kind care of about her enough. Right. He's literally trying to prove the point. Everything doesn't revolve around you. Why would he make this whole lie right. up? Revolving and then tell this to her yeah. that just revolves around her. And it's he also counterintuitive to his plan. Right. He also tells her that she swore loyalty to the guards right. and to what they're doing in their plan, not her own plan. So if the Correct. guard says that they're not going to go after these new bloods, then they're not going to go after the new bloods, and that's that. And yeah. she's like, she's like, you wouldn't dare hurt Cal, honey. You know, you wouldn't, care. you wouldn't dare waste an asset like that. And he says, make no mistake, Miss Barrow, you have hurt people to serve your own needs, the prince most of all. That is right. She sees, like, not red, but like purple sparks almost for a minute, and her vision goes hazy. She gets so mad. Right. And when she comes to, he's gone. Yeah. Just like, you know, said that and... Yeah, noped on out of there. The best She's thing, like, oh, the best thing for her to have said in that whole thing, that whole conversation was, "Well, if the world doesn't revolve around me, why did you wait till I was here to come in and fire Farley?" <laughs> That's true. That's true. this particular section of the world revolves around her. Or maybe, right. maybe it was just a coincidence, and that just didn't happen to find her. I don't think. No, I don't think it was a coincidence, but like maybe it was. But Farley's like, I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Harley's like, girl, relax, calm down. It's not as bad as it seems. She's surprisingly gentle. She's yeah. surprisingly chill. Mare's not, Mare's like, uh, what? I'm ready to blow up. I don't even understand how you can just be sitting there being all cool and chill about this. So Mare is the less chill one here, which is very rare. Yeah. Mare is usually Mare, a lot more chill than Farley just because Farley's... Yeah, Mare wants to basically hulk out and show these men who they're dealing with. Like, they can't, they haven't figured it out. 
and she wants them to know what business is really all about. But it's like all that would happen if she did that is she'd either end up back in a cell or dead. So it has no purpose at this time for her to lose her cool. And she would know that the colonel was right, that it was all just a ruse all along and that she does hurt the people that are close to her. So she's like, all right, you know, she's kind of resigning herself to the fact that this is not going to happen. You know, Farley must have some other plan. And then she notices that Farley's like handling a little necklace that's around her neck. And she's like, wait a minute, didn't the colonel have a necklace that kind of looks like that? And her brain starts to follow that rabbit hole, but then she's like, wait a minute, on that necklace is a key that's like all spiky looking and iron and rusty looking. And she knows instantly what it must be the key to. Barracks 1. Barracks 1. Who wants to read this? Because I think we all want to read it, but who gets to read it? You can read it. You go ahead. particularly awful at following them. Hooray! Can That's exactly what like we wanted to hear. So, yeah. So, Diana Farley gives the key to Barracks 1 to Mary. Now she just has to find it. Right. <laughs> but she's the lightning girl. That's right. She has to sneak away and be able to find it now, but she knows that once she's going to be able to get there, once she gets there, she'll be able to open it. So this, this tells Mary a couple of things. This act of Farley giving her the key and what she says. First of all, Farley's awesome. First of all, Farley's awesome. We had a pretty good idea. Now we know a little bit more that Farley's awesome. Right. We have been advocating for Farley, saying she's great this whole time. But there's not much evidence of that until this point. Yeah. Second, Mare's like, girl, same. I don't like taking orders (laughs) either. Right. I mean, Mare's not great at giving them. Right. She's also terrible at taking orders. Doesn't want. She just doesn't have experience with giving them yet. Right. We'll see her get better at that. Right. But then right. she's also like, okay, this chick is going to be on my side. She's not clapped, what? for lack of a better word, by the colonel what he said. She right. busts my chops and she's Farley. Right. But yeah. she's always but had my back. The colonel dressing her down just now had no effect on her. No. So, like, Mare was all shook from what he said, and Farley's like, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> clearly, this has happened before. before. So, it deepens even further. She's like, what the heck, you know. What's going on with there's this? There's got to yeah. be something going on there. So, that's our cliffhanger as to what is up with Farley and the Colonel. Why do they have matching necklaces? The How am I going to find Barracks One? Blood-eyed Colonel. Blood-eyed Colonel, Yeah. So. She mentions mentions it again here that yeah, and he was like swirling yeah. in his hand. That's gonna look awesome on the show. <laughs> Can you imagine you, SL with that? With yeah. <laughs> well, SL, I, thank you. They have like a green contact, so they can green screen that in there. <laughs> they'll do something with it. Currently, watching the boys and all of the blood and everything, it's like the last thing that I want to picture is like blood yeah. swirling around this dude's eye. There's some things in, I think it's episode five, with Soldier Boy and his eye. It's like, oh, 
Okay. Family, so, family budget. Right. The coffee I uh, thing. Currently, but yeah, so that is where we end chapter six. Mare uh, actually gets a little bit of hope from Farley that she's going to be able to go hey, so find Cal and she'll find a way to ruin it. Oh, of I mean, course she will. By like, two chapters into, or by two paragraphs into chapter seven, she'll be. find a way to ruin this. But right now, in this split second, she's got a little bit of hope. For the first time in, like, an entire book's worth of chapters, she has a little bit of hope now. Congrats. So, no fan art this week. We are still in the process, uh, as we're recording this, of finishing up our season one finale videos to get those released. And also, we're getting ready to rebrand everything for season two. So, no fan art this week as um, chronologically, if you're listening, we're getting ready to overhaul some things. So we will be back with fan art next week, but be on the lookout for any new branding of the website and everything. So uh, check us out. Our website is www.readingwiththerothfellers.com. All of our episodes are there. You can find our blog our fan art that's been featured in all the episodes. You can see our beautiful smiling faces, our little four-legged show mascots, Diana and Meredith. Um, but you can follow us on Instagram. We're actually talking about doing that, yeah. Yeah, girls, yeah, we did can, you hear that? We can also openly say now that we named Diana after Farley. Right. Yes, I right. think we, we said it once I on the show. I can't remember if we did or not. But that's, if you were confused about the, like, just like, what? Yeah. The fact that Diana was just there. Not after it's Wonder like, Woman. It's after Diana Farley. So, our little, what, like 10, 10 12 week old baby Diana. Um, so, she is pretty spectacular. Uh, follow us on Instagram. It's just at Reading with the Rockefellers. Make sure that uh, you send us any fan art that you have. Um, fan casting ideas, anything that we missed in our covering of Red Queen or any of the upcoming characters in Glass Sword, those you could email us at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. And then finally, our YouTube channel is Reading with the Rockefellers. You can find video versions of all of our episodes, uh, including the fan casting. So that all has pictures that go along with each person that we pick in our fan casting, fantastic job done by Nia. Yeah. That was my, that was like mm-hmm. my quiz show one. Yeah, and, yeah. As, and as, our quiz show episode. Right, and as we record this, the first part of the fan casting, the first episode came out, would have come out the week of, last week. Last right. week, yeah. So but the I mean, second by the time, come out now as we're recording right. this. But by the time you're hearing this, they'll all have Yeah, it's, right. Long, it's, right. it's not like we're spoiling anything. <laughs> <laughs> but we're a few weeks ahead in recording, so. Still working on getting all that stuff caught up. Um, So, yeah, that's all the socials. Find us out there. Um, Make sure that on the YouTube channel you subscribe to the channel and click the bell so you get notified whenever we upload a video. And uh, make sure. I need to be perfected for work I put in. (laughs) Yeah, validation. And make sure you tell a fan of the series about the show, or better yet, give somebody a copy of the book and tell them about the show. And send them on a new Mm -hmm. reading journey. We are always excited to get new fans. And we love it when fans share the show with other people. 
I would love to do it. And I'm sure Victoria Aveyard loves to say I'd love to go. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for hanging out this week. And we will see you next week with Chapter 7. Ooh. Bye. Bye. Bye.